This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Today is October 31st, Halloween 2022. Elon Musk goes scorched earth on Hillary Clinton, LeBron James, Jimmy Kimmel, and the New York Times. Welcome to the glorious revolution. Obama gets heckled at his own event. And Darren Beatty and Cash Patel joined the show. What a best show. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. We want to talk about Paul Pelosi. We want to talk about what was the meme-centric and story-centric uh, 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 very interesting and very convoluted happenings inside of the Pelosi house this last weekend. The breaking news on this story makes it weirder and weirder and weirder. However, also we have to state that the narrative manipulation on this story makes it weird too. So let me establish right now as an absolute immovable fact that the corporate press has lost every scintilla of objectivity, value, and trust on this program. We do not believe narratives that are regurgitated and vomited up to us by the corporate media, by the FBI, by the authorities, as they call themselves, unless they are backed by fact. So let me make this exceedingly clear on this program. Release the security tapes, release the evidence, and we will then take that into consideration. Until then, GFY, that's the policy of this program. We have been lied to enough. We shall not regurgitate official narrative and official prothrolysis to our audience. We don't do that on this show. You have millions of cameras around that area. Paul Pelosi's home broken into, okay? There was an intruder in Paul Pelosi's home. Why was he there? Who was this person? What do we know? We will go through the evidence this morning. We will literally show you the videos. We will play you the audio that we know, and we will not repeat narratives, not from the right or from the left, actually. Release the body cam footage, release the security footage from Paul Pelosi's house. And let me state this as a position of authority. We were just at the Pelosi's house filming something completely different, filming a side project in a documentary, of course, that had nothing to do with this. But we happened to be at multiple of the Pelosi's properties as we demonstrated what a life of insider trading can get you. These are publicly listed properties on Pelosi's uh, IRS forms that she has to submit to Congress and her ethics forms. And so, ladies and gentlemen, while we were there, not only were we burglarized in front of the house, thus proving that this neighborhood is horribly and woefully unsafe inside of the Gotham hellscape that the Pelosi's have turned San Francisco into one of the most beautiful and historic cities in America. But also, two, we were confronted ourselves, myself and Royce. 
our director of photography here at The Benny Show, had Secret Service agents confront us. Now, they didn't come up to us and talk to us. They got out of their black-clad SUV vehicles. They took photos of us. They made sure that we knew they were watching us. We made sure that they knew that we could see this was a secure location. There were video cameras everywhere. There are cameras on every corner of the street around here. This is not a neighborhood where you could like wander around without being noticed, especially in your underwear with a hammer. And so the details of this story deserve to be known by the American people. What are they? The truth is we don't know right now. And the more we find out, the more mysterious it gets. And the more they try to shove the narrative down your throats, the more we will resist. And the more we will ask questions, which is actually the purpose of a journalist. It's the purpose of an actual truth-finding operation with this channel is. So let's play you what actually happened because it's crazy as hell. All right? Police dispatch audio. Paul Pelosi, when calling the cops, said he didn't know who the male was. He advised his name was David, and he's a friend. We literally have the audio. Here's what we know of Paul Pelosi's mysterious attack inside of his house in San Francisco. Paul Pelosi reported 911 dispatch that a friend was in his home in a call on Friday morning. The alleged intruder reportedly attacked Paul Pelosi with a hammer and forced him to undergo emergency surgeries. Officers later identified 42-year-old Berkeley resident as David DePape as the attacker. Now, we say Berkeley resident because we literally walked by David DePape's house. We played you the cold open there. That was in Berkeley. We were just in Berkeley. We walked through because it's a hellhole. We walked through this place that's like a communist park. It was sickening. People camping all over the place, filth in the streets, human excrements, needles, drug abusers, and obviously flop houses and slum houses like the leftist commune, BLM, LGBTQ plus supporting commune that David DePape lived at. He is taken into custody and will be charged with multiple felonies, including attempted murder. Uh, in San Francisco. Emergency dispatch uh, officials provided the police officers were addressed uh, to the uh, address of the Pelosi's in San Francisco. The dispatch official calls to the police with specific instructions with the address. The dispatch official said that Pelosi informed 911 that he did not know who the attacker was, but that his name was David and that he was a friend. Here's the literal call. Northern four car, a priority 910-2640 Broadway cross of Scott and Normandy. 14-hour copy. RP stated that there's a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. RP stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David and that he is a friend. RP sounded somewhat confused. Is a friend. RP sounded somewhat confused. Scroll over back and copy. Okay, so Paul uh, Paul Pelosi attacked in his home a man in his underwear wielding a hammer. And the police observed all of this. The attack actually happened after the police got there. The police observed the attack happening. As always on the show, we wish Paul Pelosi a speedy recovery. We wish for absolutely no violence ever on this program. We wish for no bad things to ever happen to our fellow Americans. The end. That's it. If you can't say otherwise, then again, you're as bad as the other side. Because the other side wishes pain and horrors uh, untold upon all people, MAGA, freedom-loving, or otherwise. So if you can't, if you, you must be able to have a moral, you must be able to have moral objectivity and authority over your enemies. Of course, that didn't stop them from lying about DePape. 
So David Pape, based on our readings of what he has written and based on some of the authoritative uh, undergoings that have been undertaken by real journalists online, seems to be a psychotic schizophrenic. He seems to be a man disconnected from reality. Here's where he lived, okay? So the man lived inside of a BLM flop house leftist Marxist commune in Berkeley, which again, we were just at. Uh, this is the home that he lived in. That doesn't really look like um, dark MAGA house, does it? Does this does this look like your MAGA uncle's house? Huh? So you got the LBGTQ plus IA Ampistan flag outside. You have a BLM sign in the window. It's kind of hard to see in that uh, photo. You have a couch out front. This is exactly what we saw, Royce. This is exactly what we saw in Berkeley. There's a ton of houses like this. So one of the most leftist places on the planet. The American flag with rainbow colors also included marijuana leaves on them. So what did his neighbors have to say about him? Let's, let's get into, like, who, who is this guy, this David DePape? Because the left is trying to tell us that he's some big, you know, ultra MAGA. Super Donald Trump supporter. This is the narrative. This is why we do not repeat narratives on this show. The narrative has lied to you. These people have lied to you, and we will not digest those lies for our audiences. You will show us the security footage. You will show us hard evidence or go fuck yourself. That is the policy of this show. Release the footage, release the body cam so that we can make our own assessments based on data. Here's the data from his neighbor. Here's literally his neighbor talking about who David DePape was. Go. So they are just, you know, nudist drug abusers and... That's who gravitates toward them. And the children, I'm sorry, the children who live there, they seem to be underage or under, under 18. I'm not sure how old they are. Okay. And Trisha, again, what's the, what do you say their politics are? Um, I'm not sure. I would imagine that they're more left-leaning uh, because of their support for uh, the gay community um, and for, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> for other people. But uh, it is... Uh, now I'm not sure what way they lean yeah. because... Because they have the flag, the LGBT flag with the yeah. hat. Yeah, so. Okay, so his neighbors say that he's a nudist leftist drug abuser. I got a family member who's really bad at balancing her budget. And as a small business owner, I've helped her go through her line items and see what her expenses are at the end of the month and help tally them up so that she can stay on budget. She's on a fixed income. And so we help her out. Now, I was shocked to see the amount of money that she is spending for her and her kids to have a cell phone plan. It's one of the first things we did to help her hit her budget every single month is to adjust that wildly inflated bill for cell phone coverage. It is the year 2022. This is one of the number one ways that you can save with your bills. And you got to save because you can see what's happening to the economy right now. You can see what Joe Biden is doing. You got to protect what's yours today. Step one, I told her was switch your cell phone service to Pure Talk, America's most reliable 5G network, and you don't have to sacrifice coverage for a fortune every month. I mean, take a look at your cell phone bill. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, you know how much you pay. It's going to be hundreds of bucks. With Pure Talk, you can get unlimited talk and text and six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. 
That's real saving. And it can go to cover groceries, gas. Pure Talk has never raised their rates and they're run by patriots. Go to puretalk.com. Select the plan that will save you money. Then enter the code Benny and you'll get 50% off your first month. Go to puretalk.com and enter the code Benny to save right now with the company that I trust with my business and my family, Pure Talk. And there is absolutely no doubt that this man is probably addicted to any type of mainline narcotic he can get his hands on. This guy's blog posts are totally schizophrenic, like absolute clinical schizophrenic. His blog posts are hundreds of posts with just one word in them. We went through them this weekend. We decided to go in and find for ourselves. So the official narrative is that this is some type of radicalized the MAGA man. Wrong. This is false, not only based on the testimony of his neighbors, but based on all of the evidence before you. There's his home. Does this look like a make America great again, blue collar Trump supporters home? Real hard right MAGA supporters right there. His neighbors say he's a leftist. The people that know him best say he's a leftist. And if you look through his actual content, the guy is clearly a schizophrenic. It's clearly mentally ill. And that mental illness led to the sequence of events that we would like to find more information on. There have been conflicting reports that there were third people there. Those reports have been walked back. Those reports stood were reported by Politico and NBC News. According to the official police report, there was a third person there. Now that's all been walked back. Okay, fine. Walk it back. People make mistakes. Release the footage. Here we go. This is what Paul Pelosi's house security system looks like. You can see all the cameras right here. Gateway pundit, CCV, TV, and security detail all around Paul Pelosi's house. We will inform you that armed secret service agents exited a vehicle. Royce and I stood one block away from this home. We weren't even close to the home. We weren't on the same side of the street as the home. And secret service agents got out of their cars, made themselves known, and presented authoritatively to us as we were sitting there just doing a stand-up shot. Journalists, that's what we do. So let me make this very clear. There is tons of evidence that would explain precisely what happened here. Release the damn footage. And until you do G-F-Y, when it comes to creating narratives, we've had a belly full of it. Enough with the narrative. They have tried to turn this into something to make, I mean, and again, the question here is the expediency as it pertains to the 2022 November elections. Let's make sure that all MAGA people are seen as demonic terrorists. They've been trying this for a very long time. Let's make sure every single attack in America is seen as a MAGA terrorist attack. When actually the exact opposite is true. Just a short people's history of true violent extremism in this country will show you precisely which side is a fascistic, nihilistic blood cult. James Hodgkisson, five years ago, shot up Republicans practicing baseball. James Hodgkinson was a Bernie Sanders supporter. James Hodgkinson was a far left radicalized lunatic with a Facebook page full of anti-Trump memes and Rachel Maddow blogs. I went through it. I, I saw it for myself. Rand Paul was assaulted outside of the White House within like five feet of me. 
I watched Rand Paul get assaulted. The mob coalesced around him and threatened to murder him and his beautiful wife, Kelly Paul. Oh, they don't play this clip on the news for you every time they talk about extremism? Odd. Watch. Okay, so that's a real insurrection right there trying to murder a sitting U.S. senator and his wife who is simply walking peacefully from the White House after Donald Trump's uh, 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 GOP convention speech in 2020. Brett Kavanaugh was nearly killed just a few months ago. As a far leftist, 26-year-old Nicholas John Roski of Simi Valley, California, was carrying a gun and ammunition, knife, pepper spray, screwdriver, zip ties, and other tactical gear, wandering through Brett Kavanaugh's neighborhood, admitting to the police that he was there to assassinate one of the three conservative justices on the court. Tim Ryan, who's currently running in Ohio for Senate, said he wants to kill people in the MAGA movement. He said, kill MAGA, literally on tape. The Democrats aren't right on everything. And I'm willing to sit down and have conversations about how we can move out of this age of stupidity and into an age of reconciliation and reform. How do we fix all of these broken systems? Some of those answers will come from Republicans, not not the extremists that we're dealing with every single day. We've got to kill and confront that movement kill that movement. We've got to kill the MAGA movement. Got it. There is a movement that goes around killing. It's called the BLM Antifa movement. They have a very high body count. And Nancy Pelosi herself knelt down with her old syphilitic gangrenous knees and knelt to this movement with a f- absolute clown show kente cloth around her head and then bowed to them as they marauded through the streets, slaughtering and killing at will and burning this country, Nancy Pelosi knelt to them. Clownish pantomime. Nancy Pelosi, when asked about the fealty that she submitted herself to and subjected herself to, with BLM. Again, I don't think we have the clip here, but Nancy Pelosi literally couldn't get up from her knees. She couldn't get up because of uh, like her, her like oldness. She had to get help getting up. She couldn't even kneel down to BLM and get up. Uh, It is such an absolute clown show. These people, Nancy Pelosi was confronted about this fealty dedication to a murderous movement That, by the way, we don't have the clips here for you. Maybe we'll clip it later because we just went to Washington, D.C. and showed you the real insurrection happening on May 20th of 2020, the mob of leftists who attempted to murder Donald Trump. They injured hundreds of police officers and Secret Service agents, and they burned buildings at the White House to the ground. Those buildings are still torched. We saw them with our own eyes. They haven't fixed them. It's like they're proud of them. This is the movement that Nancy, the movement that tried to slaughter Donald Trump in the White House. He had to be taken to a secure location. This is the movement that Nancy Pelosi is kneeling to. And Nancy Pelosi was asked, hey, um, do you disavow this sickening evil and this bloodlust? And here's what Nancy Pelosi said. Uh, So 
have that pride, uh, but I don't care that much about statutes. Respectfully, should that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People do what they do. It, it's, it's a People will do what they do. Interesting. Hmm. Very big change of tune from Nancy Pelosi in this Paul Pelosi incident. She certainly hasn't said people will do what they do. I mean, could you imagine? But certainly they have not heard that from Nancy Pelosi. In fact, all you've heard from the left is that this is Donald Trump's fault. Somehow you sitting there in your red state going to work every single day and you're nine to five to provide meals for your family. Maybe you have a, a MAGA hat sitting on your shelf. Maybe you have one of Donald Trump's books or a placard from one of his rallies you went to. You're at fault. That's all you've heard this weekend. Hillary Clinton tweeted as much. You ever heard the term throwing fuel on the fire? This is exactly what our federal government is doing with inflation. They are adding to inflation. They are trying to make your life worse in order to keep power. That's why the consumer price index right now is increasing yet again. The stock market is in total turmoil and our leaders are spending more money. That's exactly what Joe Biden is doing, spending more money to destroy the American family. Spending more money to turn down inflation is literally the opposite of the thing that you would do if you wanted to actually solve inflation. So what can you do about it? Well, you can text Benny to 989898 and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit to protect your savings with gold in a tax sheltered account. These are great people with almost 20 years experience in converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs. Have you ever uh, looked at your IRA over the last month or two? What's going on? Have you looked at your 401ks? Ladies and gentlemen, now is time to invest in gold. Do not let the left devalue your savings. Text Benny to 989898 and claim your free, no obligation info kit for Birch Gold. Again, you can own physical gold in a tax-sheltered retirement account with Birch Gold, and Birch Gold has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Let them help you do it. They helped my family, and boy, it is a comfort. Go gold, ladies and gentlemen. Hillary Clinton said, I'm reading the Hill article now, the Republican Party and their mouthpieces now regularly spread hate and deranged conspiracy theories. It's shocking, but not surprising that violence is the result, Clinton continued. As citizens, we must hold them accountable for their words and actions. So the Democrats circling the sewer, using every, using any schizophrenic, when there is violence, political violence, there is a very quick binary test that gets run very, very fast. Is the violence from a left winger, from a POC, or from somebody on our side? If it's someone on our side, then we never hear about it again. It disappears like a ship in the fog. Brett Kavanaugh had a murderer roaming his neighborhood with zip ties ready to slaughter the Supreme Court justice if he could get his hands on him, and you didn't hear anything about it. And here's Hillary Clinton, somebody who would know about murder, somebody who would know about body counts, somebody who would know about fatalities, sitting there and saying that the Republican Party, I now his mouthpieces, had spread deranged conspiracy theories. Hey, lady. Answer me this. Who's Christopher Steele? What's a Russia gate? What is the Steele dossier that you paid for? Has you, have you ever been asked that question? This witch 
perfect for Halloween, sitting there with her boiling pot in front of her, stirring it up, saying that it's Republicans' fault that this schizophrenic madman attacked Paul Pelosi. Okay. Well, let me tell you what, a fatality is actually what happened when Elon Musk responded to Hillary Clinton. Elon Musk came in with the boom, and here it is. This is what Elon had to say to Hillary. There is possibly a teeny possibility that there might be more to the story than meets the eye. And then he shared a article called The Awful Truth. Paul Pelosi was drunk again, yada, yada, yada. Now, the tweet, the, this was Hillary's original tweet, and then this is Elon Musk's response. It is a now deleted response. We're not going to jump into the story because what we want is more evidence. What we want is more evidence. This story is certainly salacious. We want the footage. We want the body cam footage. Every cop in San Francisco has a body cam on them that's operating and running. Do you want us to believe your narrative? Release error evidence, hard evidence for us to assess for ourselves. But this is the actual point. The point is not that Elon Musk went and deleted that article. The point is that Elon Musk, as Twitter CEO, ushered in a brand new biblical era inside of Twitter where narrative control is now dead. There is no such thing as official narrative from on high control. And then if you question it, then you will be silenced, deplatformed, and marooned on whatever Gitmo moon they want to shove you onto. You will be able to question the powerful and you will be able to question authority. You will be able to question the official, wrong, often manufactured, fraudulent narratives of our ruling class. That is what Elon Musk did here. This is what Elon Musk did yesterday. God bless this man. Elon Musk continued in his absolute reign of glory on Twitter yesterday by doubling and tripling down on everyone sharing fake news on the platform. The New York Times attacked him and Elon Musk says, this is fake. I did not tweet out a link to the New York Times, New York Times article saying Elon Musk shares a link from a site known to publish fake news. <laughs> this is fake. I didn't tweet out a link to the New York Times. He wasn't done yet. Elon Musk went after blackface Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel, the sad, vicious, salty, whining lib who uh, tweeted it's been interesting to watch you blossom from an electric car guy to a fully formed piece of S. Okay. Well, Jimmy Kimmel lives in Los Angeles. He's certainly aware of what fully formed pieces of S are as he walks down his wretched street inside of the filth hole hellscape that is Los Angeles. Elon replied to Jimmy Kimmel saying... Okay, so there's Jimmy Kimmel's tweets right up there. Okay, so that's Jimmy Kimmel's tweet. And Elon re replied, I've now been through so many hero to villain cycles, I've lost count. BTFO, Elon Musk. Elon Musk continued. <laughs> continued, ladies and gentlemen, going after LeBron James. LeBron James, the dumbest athlete in America, the stupidest commentator in America. LeBron James, you may recall, tried to get an officer, tried to essentially murder a police officer once by doxing him 
this police officer who ended up saving young black girls' lives from a from a violent uh, 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 assailant in the streets, LeBron James, uh, rep- commenting about how he's concerned about Twitter's uh, uh, Twitter and free speech. I don't know, Elon Musk, and to be honest, I don't care who owns Twitter, says LeBron, but I will say this. I hope that his people take it very seriously because this is scary AF. So many damn unfit people saying hate speech on this platform. Elon Musk responding that all of these accounts are inauthentic, speaking of the uh, increase of the use of the N-word, and that Elon Musk is going to be taking these bot farms down. Because, of course, you wouldn't say something as vicious or stupid or as repugnant as the N-word on Twitter if you were like a real person who really operated in real life and you ran your real account. This is the kind of behavior that, of course, gets you banned and canceled. Look, why why would you put your family or your career or everything else in jeopardy? Why would you do that? The, The people who are doing this are the bot farms that are run out of Bangladesh. It has nothing to do with real or authentic behavior. This is why Elon Musk took over the platform, LeBron James. Speaking of farms of slave labor, LeBron James. Are you finished being bent over by Winnie the Pooh in China who have slave labor making your sneakers? Have you said one word against the Uyghur concentration camps that make your shoes and knit your face into your Nikes, LeBron? No. No free speech for them as the people who sweat and blood and tears go into your shoes so that you can sit here and defend the communist regimes that enslave people. You scum. Elon Musk is right to push back, and Elon Musk says this. Are you not entertained? Because that's what Twitter is about now. Twitter is now about fun. Twitter is fun again. And that is because Elon Musk came through and cleaned house. As of right now, breaking story this hour, Elon Musk is firing 25% of Twitter's workforce. Laying off 25% of the people who probably were there to fact check your memes and your jokes and to cry salty molten goblin tears from their little desks with their yoga mats at their feet. And now they can pack those up. Elon Musk is kicking their asses out onto the uh, and onto the poop stained and hermetic her, hermetic needle filled streets of San Francisco. Good luck. Surviving the Hunger Games, ladies and gentlemen. Please do not wear your underwear or walk around with a hammer. That should be seen as very strange behavior, and you should not. You should release footage of those people who are wandering the streets. We desperately demand the footage be released. Release the CCT footage. Release the body cam footage from the police officers. We want to know more, and we wish Paul Pelosi well. We also... <laughs> We might not wish well the censors at Twitter, meaning uh, we hope that they don't get any more jobs in tech because these people are communist censors and they have no place inside of a free society, inside of a free speech platform. Twitter, which was acquired last week by billionaire Elon Musk, plans to let go a quarter of its workforce, citing a person familiar with the matter. Celebrity lawyer Alex Spiro, longtime Musk legal representative, led the conversations about the job cuts. Twitter has 7,000 employees. At the end of 2021, this is probably why they've lost money and haven't made money in like three decades of being in operation. You don't need that many people. God bless Elon Musk, and God bless the people who have been guiding him in this journey. And one of them joins us now, Darren Beatty, the publisher of Revolver News. 
Darren, thank you so much uh, for being on the program. You have clearly been a siren's call for Elon Musk to do the right thing at Twitter. And you've been writing these articles about what it would look like and the challenges Elon Musk would have if he took over this platform. And you've been right every step of the way. It doesn't shock us. Darren, you are always right. But please talk us through what stage of hell is Elon Musk in currently at Twitter and what's going to happen next? Well, I think it's a very exciting time. He's defied many expectations, including many of my own. And I am very, very optimistic about things, albeit cautiously optimistic. You never know, because he's stepping into a very dangerous and very high stakes arena here. As I've commented uh, throughout you know, my whole coverage of the Elon saga, the question of who controls free speech or who controls information flow on the global public square is of existential and civilizational importance. That's why it's a worthy goal for a man like Elon, but it's also why it's an existential threat to our corrupt and illegitimate regime, a regime that's so dependent on lies that it's basically incompatible with regular people being able to speak their minds on a platform like Twitter. And so that's where we run into very, very severe tensions. And we're only beginning to see how Elon Musk might... Um, might go about navigating those tensions and find some sort of understanding with especially the national security side. People don't understand, yes, a lot of censorship is coming from the woke HR types um, uh, that you might see on libs of TikTok, but there's also a national security dimension to censorship and information control. And if people want to get a sense of the types of operations that our intelligence agencies run and associated agencies run, we have a piece right now at revolver.news at the very top that shows just how deep it goes and just how dark the system is that Elon's going to be running against if he actually intends to go through with his plan for free speech on Twitter. We'll get that article, pull it up and toss it on screen while we're chatting here. And I'd love to talk more about it. You have been one of the few, I guess, I don't know, is siren call the right word? I, it, it's not, uh, maybe it's not, but like it, you've been calling from the darkness, yelling from the fog, like Elon, go this way. Elon, bring the company this way. If you're going to do it, if you're going to do it, you must do it this way. And here are your struggles. Do you believe that Elon Musk reads those pieces? And do you believe that he's following your advice? Well, he does read some of them. In fact, we know that as, as an objective fact now, because it actually came out in one of these text message leaks that he was discussing, um, probably our earliest and most classic piece, just gaming out what happens if Elon goes through with it, gaming it out from the perspective of, look, Twitter is not an ordinary company its market cap, its relatively modest market cap notwithstanding, the question of who controls Twitter is vastly more important than the question of, say, who controls Home Depot or any other company that's mm. nominally, from a monetary perspective, much bigger. Because, again, at the level of Twitter, at the level of the uh, top in media, um, the influence always supersedes the profit motive in terms of importance. Mm. And that's why 
And I think Elon understands this, and I'm glad that he repeatedly states that his motivations are not financial, which is not to say you don't want to optimize your revenue flow. But what it is to say is when you're playing at that level for something like Twitter, you have to understand that it's not an ordinary company that can be analyzed in terms of profit and loss because its principal value to the stakeholders behind it is the profound influence that it wields over the creation of narratives, deciding whose narratives succeed and whose doesn't, which um, unrest, geopolitical unrest, which protest movement gains steam and which doesn't. And that's true as a foreign policy matter. And it's true as a domestic matter, as we saw in for just for one example, the most notorious probably is the Hunter Biden story. And so that the, the significance of that, being able to censor something or not censor something that can impact an, a presidential election in the United States, it gets a sense of how this is so much bigger than the $44 billion uh, price tag of Twitter. So much more is at stake for everyone involved, for the corrupt stakeholders in our current regime, to people like Elon and those who wish him well, who actually think that a true democracy requires an open, deliberative space like Twitter, where citizens, journalists, and basically anyone can speak their mind on things unencumbered by narrative restriction, by totally unworthy free uh, speech commissars, such as what we've seen. Yes, and the free speech commissars are so often tied to their blue check marks. You had a great tweet this morning about uh, journalists who joined in 2013 with 6,000 followers right. bitching, <laughs> bitching about having to pay for their blue check mark, which I think is genius, actually. I think it's a wonderful, yes. wonderful move. We're moving our company on to Twitter Blue, and I'm probably just going to go buy a Tesla because I'm just so in favor of what Elon Musk is doing, which I think is narrative questioning. You are allowed now to question official narratives and the truth will come out in that line of questioning. Sometimes it may not be what we want. Given the Paul Pelosi story, all we want is the release of the security footage. Right. Give us the hard evidence. It seems as though we've only been given a narrative and we have been given a specific narrative intended to hurt a specific side, which is the way it always goes. And so now you are allowed simply to question and to demand evidence. Of course, you weren't able to do that in Hunter Biden, aforementioned. And that is poison to a free speech society. Do, do you view that as Elon Musk's greatest triumph so far? I mean, clearly it came to a head yesterday. Yes. I mean, again, it's the, the civilizational importance hinges on the fact that really you can't have a deliberative public square with restricted information flows. It you need an informed citizenry that's able to conduct um, informed deliberation on key topics of political significance. And also, the more people are allowed to openly discuss narratives, it forces our elites to be better. Because now when they don't have to answer to anything, they can just do the most low effort, sloppy lies, or simply shut down any criticism. So I kind of jokingly say, at the very least, it will force the elites to come up with higher effort lies. Because their, their lies are so low effort now because they don't need anything better because they just censor people who question them. So at the very least, they'll be forced to come up with more sophisticated lies to tell us. But it's it's really crucial all around 
Um, I am worried about this content moderation board. I think it's probably an ill-advised idea, and I understand the motivations behind it. It's sort of the the thinking is this shifts the blame. We'll have a nice little mix of people, but the problem with that is it doesn't really shift the blame because everyone knows that it's Twitter appointing the people there. So they have one of two options. One option is just put experts on there who will in the quote unquote expert fashion, just censor things and then you don't have free speech. Or if you actually put someone on the board who is open to free speech, you're gonna be attacked for appointing extremists there anyway. So it really doesn't do the work that it seems like it might do in terms of shifting the heat away from Twitter. Um, so I would uh, respectfully and modestly urge Elon to reconsider that idea. If it's just buying some time and he doesn't really mean it, that's fine. But I think if the in implementation, it's actually a lot more trouble than it's worth. Mm -hmm. We're going to put the uh, National Security State Control of Social Media article back up on screen. We encourage everyone to go read it. Darren, you are the world's expert, and it's why we bring you on it. We love having you on the show. You are the world's expert in our national security state unelected abuse of the social media networks and their roles in them. Of course, with Alex Berenson, you're starting to see the White House be dragged into this with the Attorney General of Missouri suing. You're starting to see exactly how they were in bed with each other in this incestuous, sickening relationship to eliminate free speech and to erode civil rights for Americans, something they're sworn to uphold. I guess I, my, my question is this, where to from here? Because as you write, this is a massive blow to them to not have the levers of power any longer at Twitter, what will they do now? You are the world's expert in how this uh, operation moves. Tell us. Well, it's it's a really tough battle. Again, it's a very high stakes arena, but crucially, one step is getting the personnel question right. And this is somewhat analogous to the challenges that Trump faced when he was elected. And I would say with mixed results on the personnel side, Elon needs to take personnel very seriously. And if he's really committed to his mission of free speech, he needs people who are not only extremely smart, of course, and extremely qualified, but qualified in the deeper sense of having a demonstrated capacity to withstand the very, very profound, coordinated social, financial um, and political pressures that come down against anyone who dares to question the regime. You need people with the courage and the conviction to be relentlessly mission aligned insofar as this free speech agenda is concerned. And so he needs to take that personnel matter very seriously. He needs to review where does he have his leverage? The other side's reviewing his leverage, and it's not just in relation to Twitter. Leverage is full spectrum what they can do with Tesla, what they can do with SpaceX, what they can do with Starlink. He needs to look at it in the same way, but from his perspective, saying what leverage does he have with the regime? The regime freaked out when it looked like uh, he wouldn't give Starlink for free. The satellites are part of his leverage. He needs to do a full review. Even the emails and the communications that the government had with Twitter to push them to censor, that's also leverage. So he needs to do a full stock of his leverage he needs to have a real understanding of what 
the interest the government has in, in continuing certain forms of censorship and uh, psychological sort of operations on Twitter. He needs to come to some type of understanding. And realistically, I would say there needs to be, if not a middle ground, some kind of ground between the extremes. And um, even if Elon is able to move the level of censorship on Twitter from, say, the 85 to 90 percent that it's been down to 50 percent or 40 percent, I would say that's a tremendous victory. Um, but it requires a really being informed and being clever and being bold at every single step and coming up with a real strategy. Just quickly here, Darren, it seems like your best piece of advice is personnel around Elon Musk. What is your best piece of policy advice uh, for Elon Musk as it comes to implementing at Twitter? Well, again, um, it's it's hard to say because there are a lot of behind the scenes dynamics that I'm not yet uh, privy to. I think it's a matter of taking full stock of all the leverage on his side, understanding what the leverage is on the other side, understanding how much risk he's actually willing to take for this now that he's in the high stakes arena and just managing his own leverage and capital as, as efficiently as possible and understand like what level is he willing to go to because the regime is capable of destroying people if you go too far. Um, and so he really needs to take stock of how important this is to him and understand that, again, to the public and to the world, really, this is of civilizational importance. It's arguably, I would say, not even arguably, it's more important than going to the moon, going to Mars, anything, because it's a precondition for the advancement of human civilization that we have this mass aggregated open public square where people can exchange ideas freely and without encumbrance by, frankly, um, unworthy mediocrities. What a perfect answer. More important than going to the moon or to Mars, which is something Elon Musk really wants to do. So well put. Thank you, Darren Beatty. Please, everyone, go read Revolver News. Darren, where can they follow your work? Revolver News, we're at Twitter, white hot on Twitter these days. Big yes. Bump for us all. It's it's party time. So at Darren J. Beatty, D-A-R-R-E-N-J-B-E-A-T-T-I-E. You have a lot more than 6,000 followers. Thank you, Darren, for being on the program. Godspeed. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have been ranting on this program and we have been thankful for our guests waiting patiently to talk about and to disseminate, to decouple these moments uh, and explain them to us from the narrative. Let's decouple from the narrative and let's get to the hard truth. There's only one man that has truly done that on an epic level, on a real life level inside of the belly of the beast that we know of, certainly. And his name is Cash Patel. He joins us now. Cash, you saw Hillary get clapped back on Twitter for the first time by the CEO of Twitter this weekend. I mean, listen, man, this must be a day where you are doing a happy dance. Talk us through the narrative control mechanisms collapsing uh, on this all-important social media platform. What are your thoughts? Well, it's great to be back on The Benny Show. Good to see you again, my friend. And um, look, I'm biased. I'm on the board of directors of Truth Social, so I have a little, uh, I have to tell that 
up front, but can I take some personal joy in the implosion that is the Twitter machine? Sure. Um, and I'm all for free speech. I'm not rooting against Twitter. I'm not saying don't go on Twitter, don't go over here. I'm saying just go to platforms that are truly free speech platforms. And it's ironic and maybe karmic to see the implosion of the radical left Democrats that were loving Twitter and now absolutely despise it because Elon Musk bought it. A guy who doesn't even like Donald Trump, probably dislikes him, um, is putting it mildly. And then to see Hillary Clinton and these people just get smacked down on Twitter is, look, I'm not lying. I'm looking at it. It's hilarious. And it's fun. But I, I think that what you were talking about with Darren and, and others, I think the critical point is there's a reason for that. The bias that Twitter has now been stopped, supposedly, and they are applying what they say are applications of free speech to everyone. Now, that's a big lift. Let's see where it goes. But um, the start is a fun show. Totally. And I think that we can uh, Elon Musk straight up said Truth Social is one of the reasons why he wanted to buy Twitter. I and mean, we, we can thank like so much of this. We can ping pong ball back to Truth Social, to Donald Trump starting his own social media company, to Donald Trump's deplatforming. And it's incredible, the domino, the small domino that falls, that changes society. And it's very important. And we have a tweet here that we thought you would love uh, from Hillary Clinton, her talking (laughs) about the right spreading conspiracy theories and her her getting just completely BTFO'd by Stephen Miller uh, uh, as it pertains to conspiracy (laughs) theories. Here we go. Hillary Clinton, of course, demonic scream about conspiracy theories. And then Stephen Miller citing your work, Cash. Uh, Your thoughts on Hillary Clinton griping and bitching about conspiracy theories of the right. I think this is a great day. The fact that Hillary Clinton, the queen who orchestrated Russiagate, who paid for it with election dollars unlawfully, who hijacked the FBI and did and led the world on the largest criminal enterprise disinformation campaign in U.S. history is telling us on Twitter <laughs> that, that we are conspiracy theorists. I mean, this is hilarious. And you know, for those of your audience in the selfish plug, if you don't know the Russiagate story and you want to know in 20 minutes, go read my children's book, The Plot Against the King, and you will see why Hillary Quinton in that book is a total liar. And we put her on blast at a level that even Watermelon Head Schiff and Swalwell can comprehend. But to see this, and I don't know if you caught some of the other um, gloriosos, as I call them, on Twitter, Swalwell and Schiff and company, now lambasting the very platform they love so much and so dearly and have so many hundreds of thousands of bots following them um, and not human beings. I think it's just hilarious that these people are coming on full force against Elon Musk. I'm like, and then he went in there and fired everybody, which which is great because all the people in there are, that he fired are the ones that deplatformed everyone in the first place against free speech. And I think, you know, do, you know, they say they're going to reinstate Donald Trump's account. I'm just going to here to tell you that Donald Trump is never going back on Twitter. Um, he's he's there to stay on Truth Social, uh, which is a platform he loves. The reason why I really, really was hoping you could come on the program today was to talk about the midterm elections, Cash. Yeah. Because you are, and as I said in your introduction, the only operative that has ever done anything 
as it <laughs> pertains to investigating the left. And now as I tra as we travel the country, I know you're traveling the country. We met up in Nashville for a little bit uh, yeah. as we crisscross the country uh, at an awesome Rumble Truth Social Party at John Rich's house. Yo, the thing I hear the most about is investigate the Biden crime family, investigate Fauci, investigate mm -hmm. Mayorkas. Can you please talk us through what do you know about GOP investigations? What will happen if people vote for Republicans in 2022? Yeah. Will we see movement? You're the only man who's actually done it that I know of. Please help. <laughs> well, give us some hope. No, look, as the guy who led the Russiagate investigation, I can just give you sort of my take on it. And, you know, as you said, we're we're across the country. I'm in Nevada. I'm in Arizona, Florida. We're campaigning. We're going nonstop. I'm speaking for President Trump at all his rallies, you know, and this is the one issue I hit every single time. America has learned the most important civics lesson of its life. Majorities in Congress matter. Majorities in Congress in the House and the Senate matter. Why? Because you can have an unselect committee of January 6th running a bogus investigation or you can have a committee run an investigation like we did on House Intel that exposed Russiagate. And what you're talking about is we need committees and majorities when we go back to Congress and win these two these two houses to stand up and say, I'm investigating Hunter Biden. I'm investigating China. I'm investigating the FBI. I'm investigating DOD. I'm investigating the border. These chairmen and women of these committees make that decision almost independently. They come in and say, OK, judiciary, we're going to do the FBI. At the Intel Committee, we're going to do the NSA and CIA. At Armed Services, we're going to do DOD. But because it's gotten so out of whack, what I've been working on quietly is to set up basically an outside process where they can come to a group of people who run investigations and ask them to stand up a church-like commission from the 70s. And it's not, nice. the, it's not the answer. It's not the it's not the be-all, end-all. It's a big starting point. And tragically, we have to do it because – these agencies we've been talking about have been so disgustingly um, misappropriating funds, the law, and their duties to the American people that they need to be pulled in whole stop and bring in their leadership. And that's how you do it. Then you get the documents. Then you get the subpoena machine going. Then you get the witnesses. Then you put Chris Ray on the stand, not for an hour, for a month if it takes, to, for him to answer every question on why these whistleblowers that are coming out of the FBI are being retaliated against, why the FBI is falsely labeling MAGA supporters as domestic violent extremists so Chris Ray can go to his podium and make this false lie to the American public. These are questions that have to be answered for America and the only way they're going to learn is through that type of testimony, through those types of committees, and more importantly, as I always say, the documents. You know, we are going to continue to, to pile up the document vaults that we have for free um, on Fight With Cash so everybody can go there and say, I want to learn about Gen 6. I want to learn about Russiagate. I want to learn about Hunter Biden's laptop. I want to learn why our government is the biggest disinformation arm of the radical left mainstream media um, and why is it failing in terms of crime, border, wars, protecting our men and women in uniform. These are things our government's supposed to do, and they have failed outright. The final question I have for you today is on the DOJ. So you talked about the DOJ tangentially there with a, a large myriad of investigations that you presumably would want to see happen. However, you mm -hmm. worked at the DOJ. You worked mm -hmm. as a lawyer. We love having cash on because cash did it. Everyone else, so many people just talk. Yap, 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 yap. Cash did it. Cash worked inside the belly of the beast. He worked to destroy the beast while there. And he is a true patriot. You worked inside the DOJ. You were a lawyer and you were a prosecutor. And so you know it better than anyone. And how would you reform it? 
I mean, it does seem like such an impossible task when you look at the depth of the rat's nest here. How would you do it, Cash? One simple answer. You take their money. You take these government gangsters' money. We did it during Russiagate, and we only convinced Paul Ryan, who is a pretty weak leader in my opinion, one time. You can do this thing called uh, – you can do it as much as you want. We only got the permission to do it one time. The FBI, we sent them 16 subpoenas. They didn't respond. So what did I do? I fenced their money. It's a term where you basically take their budget and you build a pretend fence around it. And you say, the law says you cannot touch $1 of this until you provide every document, every witness, and every corrupt activity you have ever done. And what did we find out? Hillary Clinton paid for the dossier when we did that. Every committee in Congress has the authority to budget control. And fencing their money is the way to do it. But we... And your great viewership have to remind these people in Washington, D.C., especially the new slate of guys and gals that we're electing, that is the mission that you have for us. We don't care about overcorrection and building another government agency to, to fix a problem. That's what's going to create another one. I want you to take the money from the FBI director. I want you to take the money from the Department of Defense and the Department of Homeland Security until they stop Chinese fentanyl from pouring in through our southern border, until the DOJ stops politically prosecuting people because they voted for Donald Trump or they are America first or what have you. These uniform decisions have to be made at every agency, and they have to destroy the two-tier system of justice that this FBI and DOJ has purposely created, because if you believe in the America first mission, they're going to come after you. They're coming after me. But if you don't, they will glorify you. And that cannot happen in America. As former national security prosecutor, we cannot have a two-tier system of justice in 2022 America. I mean, can you just think these third world republics are looking at us and laughing, saying you guys are the free beacon of the world when you cannot prosecute a criminal in Hunter Biden, but you prosecute make-believe crimes and actors just to get political vendettas? This is how far the DOJ has fallen. And the first thing this Congress can do is start taking their money. Yeah. Follow up. Would you accept the position of FBI director under Donald Trump 2024? Look, I'm yes I'm, no. I'm all I'm, a, <laughs> I'm all in with the boss. And, you know, that and, it, you know, you know, first I tell people, let's win the midterms and then let's see what he does. And, you know, you and I think I know what he's going to do. But uh, and then it's a two year lift. And you know what? They're going to come after us. But the good thing is we're going to have the Benny Johnson show. We're going to have Truth Social. We'll have some form of Twitter and we're going to go non freaking stop for two years. These people, they know what's coming. They are so terrified of what's coming once. What? Eight days, nine days, whatever. They they are going to have the worst holiday season in U.S. history. And you know what? That's sad and tragic to say because. They are celebrating being basically anti-American, and we are celebrating trying to get America back to being American. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And yes, to answer your question, of course, if somebody asked me to be that position, who would turn that down? But maybe you'll find, you know, selfish plug, maybe you'll find an answer in my new children's book, The Plot Against the King, 2,000 Mules. Yes, where I collaborated with Dinesh D'Souza and talk about election integrity. I don't talk about politics. I say, hey, kids. And Adam Schiff, if there's 100,000 people in the land and 200,000 people voted, something's wrong. And what's wrong with talking about truth, faith, mission, and service and teaching it in a fun way? So Dinesh and I got together. We did Plot Against the King, 2,000 Mules. Donald Trump launched it on Truth Social. It's now, again, the number one best-selling children's book. So we're going to do a trilogy. And the third book just might be called The Return of the MAGA King. But go to the theplotagainstheking.com. <laughs> plotagainstheking.com, and please help support us and get these books in every school and library in America, as Donald Trump has uh, asked us to do. 
God, God bless you, uh, Cash Patel. Godspeed. One of the greatest out there. Here's Cash's website. Please go in, support Cash. As we always say on this program, so much talk in this industry. So much blah, blah, blah. So much talk. Cash Patel is one of the few guys who went out and actually did it and is still doing it and is going to do it again. God bless you, Cash, and Godspeed. Thanks, brother. See you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, we love the energy that we are feeling right now. There is so much energy. This is a uh, movement right now that is so powerful that we are able to now take over and destroy the communist goblins inside of Twitter. It's a movement that is so powerful that we are able to flip dark blue seats red. And it's happening across the country. We're going to do another polling uh, special Later this week, and we're going to be bringing on some major candidates. We have Adam Laxalt booked from Nevada. We have Carrie Lake booked. We brought on Blake Masters last week and much, much more. Stay tuned to this space. Trust me, there are some things we can't announce just yet. We were very, very excited about it. Things that we are also very excited about is that Barack Obama is getting heckled inside of his own events. Barack Obama did an event in Michigan, a state that should be very hard, Obama. It went for Obama by 20 points. And here's Barack Obama getting shouted down inside of Michigan. Yo, uh, ain't the Messiah he used to be. He can't, he can make, he could tell the waters to stop rising, but he can't tell this dude to stop shouting. Yes. So, sir, sir, you know, wait, 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 come on. But this, but this is, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. I mean, we're having a conversation. Come on. Right now, I'm talking. You'll have a chance to talk sometime soon. We don't have to interrupt each other. We don't have to shout each other down. It's not a good way to do business. It's that you wouldn't do that at a workplace if you wouldn't just interrupt people in the middle of a conversation. It's not how we do things. And this is part of the point that I want to make. Just basic civility and courtesy works. And that's what we want to try to encourage. So, listen, that's okay. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Quiet down, quiet down. Look, it, listen. Hey, hold up, hold up. Hold up, hold up. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. This is, listen, everybody. Hey, y'all up there, pay attention. Okay. Well, things are aging poorly inside of the Democrat Party. The aging, they're aging like Munster cheese on a hot summer day. It is becoming repulsive. It's becoming sad. And it's becoming kind of pathetic to watch. Also, by the way, isn't it wild the difference between Democrat events and Republican events? One, the people look dour and sad and macabre. And also, they're all masked. There's like lots of masking going on in there. It's 2020. It's the end of 2022. It's kind of wild. Just the different, just the, the, the differences, the energy differences are crazy. And the energy differences, ladies and gentlemen, continue to be wild as a 
Kyrie Irving had his own BTFO moment. Kyrie Irving, who is a based ball player who uh, 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 bravely, uh, heroically remained unvaccinated in the face of the Pfizer phalanx in the NBA, uh, stood up for his human rights to bodily autonomy and stood up as a as a professional and elite athlete uh, for his choice over his body. His body is how he makes his bones, yo. And so he has his own decision to make about what kind of medicine or therapeutics or whatever that he takes. Kyrie Irvin, very brave and continues to be so. Uh, he shared a Alex Jones clip about secret societies in America. And this was a clip from like the 90s. And then Kyrie Irving had a back and forth with some type of activist journo in an NBA locker room situation. And it went kind of like this. I mean, remember, you ever, you're going to get so sick of winning, you're going to say, I'm tired of winning. Let's load that up, by the way, Roy. Let's make that like a cutaway where it's like the winning clip of the day. This is it. We're tired of winning. This entire show has been about winning, but about Elon Musk, like showing us the way Kyrie Irving, showing us how to push back on fake agenda driven frauds inside of our media. Take it away, dude. Kyrie, while we're on the topic of promotion, why did you decide to promote something that Alex Jones said? My, my post was a post from Alex Jones that he did in the early 90s or late 90s about secret societies in America of occults, and it's true. So I wasn't identifying with anything of being a campaign, a campaignist for Alex Jones or anything. I was just there to post, and it's funny, and it's actually hilarious because out of all the things I posted that day, that was the one post that everyone chose to, chose to see. It just goes back to the way our world is and works. I'm not here to complain about it. I just exist. And to follow up on the promotion of the movie and the book. Can you please stop calling it a promotion? What am I promoting? Put it out on your platform. But I'm promoting it? Do you see me doing, do you see By me in front putting of the, it out there, the people title? are going to say that you are yeah, promoting. Yeah, put it out there, just like you put things out there, right? Yeah, but I, okay. I, it's not you put stuff. things out there for a living, right? Right, but my great, stuff is great. not so let's move on. filled let's with anti-Semitic Let's stuff. move on. Don't dehumanize me up here. I, I'm, not, I'm not doing I'm that. Another human being. I can what, post whatever I want, so stay that what? and shut it down and move on to the next question. But Kyrie, you have to understand that by I don't have post- to understand anything from you. It's not me. Nothing. By no people that you're making up, bro. Move on. But by posting Move on, next question. Anybody is going to questions? and they're going to say, you guys have any more questions? This is going to be a clip that he's going to marvel at. Is this any more questions? But you're not answering the question. Oh, this, this is another answering your question. Oh my God, let's make another Instagram clip so we could be famous again. Next question. Yo. <laughs> Stay based, Kyrie Irving. Man, I do not watch the NBA. I I do not really care about professional sports that much, but I take moments like that and play them because they're powerful, man. This guy has a lot to lose. This guy has contracts and he has everything to lose, right? For standing up for, uh, uh, for his beliefs. And he's shouting down and destroying, nay, I say, dunking on the fake corporate press whose only job it is is to spin narratives for leftists and their cretinous 
bosses. They're Harvey Weinstein-like creep bosses. That was ESPN reporter Nick Fidrell, who got just wrecked by Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie Irving has a right to free speech. Kyrie Irving has a right to bodily autonomy. And Kyrie Irving showing the way, unlike groveling, sniveling, communist scum LeBron, who applauds and pats on the back the slave concentration camp workers and says, double your efforts, stitch my shoes. I need to dribble. That's what LeBron James says to the slave labor that makes his products in China. Kyrie Irving actually standing up for something good in this world and way to go. And what what is he standing up for that's good? Free speech and bodily autonomy. Yeah. And that's what freedom is made out of. Freedom is uh, not made out of creepy old men sniffing your kids. That's why we encourage you, with this being Halloween, to stay away from Joe Biden. Joe Biden creepily um, touched and grabbed and sniffed and slobbered on and licked his granddaughter uh, this weekend. We are sorry that we have to show you this clip, but we are a news program and you have to know. Wait, which side do you want on? This side. All right. Okay, uh, stay away from Joe. That is the scariest Halloween costume is syphilitic, old, uh, rotted cabbage smelling dandruffy uh, uh, Joe Biden uh, 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 sticking out his tongue like Jabba the Hutt and yanking your kid toward him like 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 your kid was Princess Leia. This is Joe Biden every time he sees a child. And Marjorie Taylor Greene had this trailer for Halloween that she put out about just this subject. I'm sorry it takes so long, guys, but everybody knows I like kids better than people. How are you, baby? How are you, baby? I want to stay. Can I stay? I don't want to go. She used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down. And I'd love kids jumping on my lap. Can I get a phone number for you and I can tell you how what I used to do? It's going to change, honey. I promise you. Hey, Mia, how old are you? you Friday. Just remember, no dates to your thirties. We go back a long way. She was 12, I was 30, but anyway. So here, once again, are the words from Ashley Biden's diary. Showers with my dad, probably not appropriate. Not only in words, but in actions. Actions for you, for your children, for your grandchildren, for America. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality. No white and girl. Stop cutting us off. In the classroom, on the playing field. Identities don't play sports. Everywhere. Simply everywhere. Protect our children or get out of the way. Words of Biden, I've never been more optimistic about America's future. These are not somebody else's children. They're all our children. Whew, if that doesn't give you shivers down your spine, way to go, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, with that edit. Man, ripped our faces off. Also creepy, and we say it on this program all the time, we do have a predator president. That is what, that is, Joe Biden is a predator. The end. Gotta say it. Got to call balls and strikes around here. Got to chop the wood and got to make sure that, you know, keep your kids away from yo president Joe Biden. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's not a nice time to be at the White House. We pray for all the little children who will be dragged there by the leftist staffers tonight uh, to be creeped on by Joe. Stay away. Whew. 
But don't stay away from our Benny's Based Halloween Costume Contest. If you have a Based Halloween costume, please email it to us, Benny at BennyJohnson.com. Benny at BennyJohnson.com. So we thank you for watching. Stay tuned to this space. And please subscribe. Like the content. Be the notification. Subscribe to the podcast. This is the way you keep us going. We do this show, of course, for free every single day. We are not owned and or operated by some massive corporation. We are 100% independent. We thank our partners, and we really thank you, the viewers and the staff that make all of this possible. Free ALX on Twitter. It's gonna happen, baby. The executive producer of this show banned illegally and wrongfully, and we are going to have justice for ALX this week, maybe? We'll see. Stay tuned and stay here because we stay free on this channel because we have our priorities straight. God, family, country. That's what we care about on this show. We're free men and women, and we're going to stay that way because we fight. We will fight for America. We're going to free this place, and we're going to stay based and free while doing it. God bless all of you. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show.